All right, we're back with another Real Wood Man. How, what's the name of the podcast now? I mean, is it Chrysalis Sports? Is it Substack Sports? Is it real? Okay, so I know I know it's confusing, and I know I've like got fifty different sites, but now I'm consolidating. So it's just Real Man Sports. Real, real Man, Man Sports. Sports. There's a Chrysalis podcast. It deals with other topics that are not sports related, as you know. And then there's Real Man Sports. Real Man Wood. Now I'm just keeping that URL as just for comedy. It's just a joke. It's just something, you know, when Hunter Biden like drives 100 miles an hour on crack, um, 100 miles, 172 miles an hour, or drives while smoking crack. That's what Real Man Wood is for. But Real Man Sports is actually just sports. Now are you changing it to Wood like W O O D now? No, no, it's not that genre. It's not that. It's, 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 no, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'll never get into that genre. I'm just saying that it, this is not that genre. All right, everybody. I'm Alan Sislowski of Rotowire.com, along with Chris Liss from Real Wood, Real Man Wood Sports and the new Chris No, no, it's just, it's just Real Man Sports. Real, Real Man, Sports. Man Sports, no wood. There's He's no got, wood. okay, we got yeah. it now. Yeah. But everybody, it's time for another sports podcast. And Liss, I'm online arguing with a bunch of people right now because somebody, quote, uh, took something I took out of context on a podcast. I basically said that James Conner would outscore Brees Hall this year. And obviously, this has nothing to do with a player take. This is just like an injury, fading injury optimism of a player who tours ACL in week seven, and he's getting drafted routinely in the third round. I'm totally out on Brees Hall. I mean, I just, I don't, you know, he may pull an Adrian Peterson. That's like the exception, right? Where Peterson got hurt in like December. And then rehab like a maniac and had 2,000 yards. That's definitely the exception. The rule is second year back is when you get Brees Hall and he has a bad year this year. And then 2024, you're all in on Brees Hall. Um, it's so like I'm Dobbins. Also- Dobbins, you know, last year. I was fading him last year. He was going in round five. And, you know, it, it just – it was a bad pick. It was a dead pick from the time someone clicked uh, draft on it. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. I think he should, I think Hall should be like a six-round pick right now, you know, just because you never know. There is that Adrian Peterson counterexample. But he's going in like the third round, and I'm passing also. I agree. I don't like James Conner either, but I guess the if, point I was, choose, if I had to choose, I'd probably yeah. take Conner. Right. The point was that, like, it's a full-time running back on what's projected to be the worst offense. I mean, you know, put Damian Pierce in there. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I just picked Connor as a, as a shocking sort of bold prediction quote. But you said take him in the fifth, sixth round. I mean, that's where the last of the elite quarterbacks go. You're going to really take Brees Hall over Justin Herbert? Uh, it depends. I mean, I don't, I don't want one of the elite quarterbacks. I feel like, you know, in my league, they started taking second QB, so I got a little punished by it. Um, but... I just think, like, I still have Rodgers, Wilson, and Stafford. I think one of them will be good. Hopefully it's not, like, one of them every other week, and I never know which one to use. But um, I still think, like, it's we're still we, – we haven't, like, changed eras. Like, suddenly, like, oh, you got to get a quarterback early. Like, people are drafting. Like, we've just changed eras. We're in a new era now. There's the haves and have-nots. There's good quarterbacks and bad, just like last year. And I'm like, well, that happened last year. It certainly was true last year, but I'm not buying it this year. Yeah, but that's what's going on in the NFFC. If you want Patrick is, yeah. Mahomes, it's pick 10. I mean, Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen, and sometimes even Joe Burrow, gone by the end of round two. I don't see those guys in the Rotowire Online Championship fall into round three very often. No, but then they're also taking Lamar Jackson in round three, and they're taking, you know, Herbert Fields. And, and Fields and Trevor Lawrence in round four sometimes. And I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I think, like, you know, there's 10 people are going to get quarterbacks in the first four rounds. That means – but, you know, whoever's waiting for those last two, you know, now, of course, they double up, right? They took Daniel Jones for me. They took um, guys, 
even cousins I've seen go in like the sixth round, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not there yet. I'll just take Danny Dimes. I'll take, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I'll take some other quarterbacks that um, that are basically free. Here's what the trends are right now in early drafts. Okay, quarterbacks going early is in. Right. Drafting running backs early is out. Wide receivers always and forever. And people are taking three tight ends in these larger leagues and just playing the, you know, let me find tight end 16 that makes it up to tight end eight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I've only done one draft and I, I knew that was going to happen. I didn't know the quarterbacks would be as aggressive as it was, but I knew that um, that the running backs would be there, you know, in the middle rounds and that the receivers would get really scarce quickly. But I still drafted B. John Robinson and Saquon with my first two picks. And then I took three receivers that are, you know, number ones, I think, all three. Who do you um, get? Who'd you get in that draft? I, I got Metcalf in the third, Ridley in the fourth, and uh, Christian Watson in the fifth. And then I took two tight ends. I took Kittle and Pitts, you know, and I can use Pitts in the flex. But then I got, you know, Michael Thomas and Elijah Moore in the eighth and ninth. So I felt like I was just getting a lot of options there. Um, but it was really nice to just wait on quarterback and see all of these position players drop because of the push up on quarterbacks, which you, which you would never see before. Yeah, uh, we did a podcast today over on the Rotowire YouTube feed. It's up there now, and we're talking about players that, you know, you always talk about who's going to be on the cover of next year's magazine. We just did who's going to be uh, shooting up the ADP by Labor Day, right? So, you know, a couple of the guys that we talked about, one of them was Cam Akers. Where yeah. are you on him right now, and can you see him right now? I mean, he's getting drafted in like the sixth-ish round. It seems like pretty much a no-brainer at that point. I, it seems like it should go in like the fourth, right? I mean, right. How, what Cam Akers versus Najee Harris? I mean, Najee Harris is guaranteed to have the job, but I mean, who's better? I don't know. You know, um, you look at uh, the guys going in the fourth, in the third round. I mean, I think Cam Akers is kind of in that group, um, but he's going in the sixth. And so if you do end up, you know, I, I took Bijan Robinson and, and Saquon, but I easily could, I actually could have taken Cup. Mm. Um, on the way back, I would have had to take Devonte Adams though, because all the guys I really wanted were gone. Um, but I could have just taken, you know, Cup and uh, Saquon, and then Metcalf, and then taken Acres. I think Acres went a little earlier in my draft, but I'm perfectly happy for him to be my second back. Yeah, that's the problem. Again, I want Bijan and Saquon. I want that start when I do my uh, Rotowire Online Championship later this month, but. It really, you know, you've talked about it so many times. Like the, it, it seems so vanilla and formulaic just to go three receivers and then take right. your running backs after. But this year, just understanding now how the ADP board's unfolding, it, should that be the way you do it here? I mean, if you could do it over again, I know you love Saquon, uh, Bijan. I would take him at number two overall. I but- took him at nine. Here's the thing: I could have taken Cooper Cup. I have a weird vibe on Cup, but like, if you just look at the the target share and the skills and whatever, and the, there's no one else there. Um, you know, you could take him number two. I mean, you could, you could credibly take him number two. And so I, you know, last year during the, uh, the prime time, I won the league and I actually did something I didn't want to do, which is I pivoted. I took um, first two rounds. I think I took running backs. I took Saquon in round one. Oh, no, no, I didn't. Cause someone snaked Javante Williams from me who I was going to take in round two. And I got AJ Brown. I got stuck with AJ Brown. Thank God. And then round three, I think I took ETN at round four. So I still had the two running backs in three rounds, which was tougher. But in round four, uh, I took Metcalf in round four over Nick Chubb, who had a monster year, but I was like, I need to get the receiver. And then round five, again, I wanted to take AJ Dillon. I ended up taking um, uh, Christian Kirk. And then in round six, I got Ramondre as my third back and I won the league. Now I didn't have any, I didn't have like the sickest team ever. I had a good team. I had a good pick in every round. 
And I feel like I didn't want to pivot. I just wanted to do a real man thing. I wanted to just get the guys I wanted, but you just have to be mindful of the market. Like you can't just be like, well, you know, you, at some point now, I feel like I got away with it in my drafts because I got Ridley, Metcalf, and and Watson. I got three good receivers who are the number ones. And oh, we'll see about Ridley, but I think so. Yeah. Um, but but I just feel like you just cannot neglect that. That that if you you know go heavy running back, like the receivers can get thin quickly. And I might I might have gotten lucky that those guys were there. That Watson was there in round five. But you could still go for the running backs early and get high end number twos. I mean, you know, even though Tyler Lockett's old, let's say you had like Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, and just another guy like that, you know, I mean, that's a, I guess where the difference is, is if Tyler Lockett has like two weeks of like four for 28, you're not going to want to start him. Whereas obviously if like Jamar Chase had that or AJ Brown has that, you don't even think twice that I guess that's the advantage of going receiver early as well. Yeah, really. I mean, because receivers, right? Like even good receivers, for some reason, except for Jefferson, are, are like the absolute number ones. The cups um, will have a five target, three catch, twenty nine yard game. And so the problem is when it happens. Yeah, with the with the Jamar Chase, you don't think about it. You just put the guy back in. But with a lock at level receiver, you're like, is he being phased out? Is that rookie getting more yeah, more work? And um, you don't know. And then you, then you get whipsawed where you bench him and then he goes off or you, you keep starting him thinking, well, that's just an off. Any receiver can have an off week. And then there's no on week. Like it's just, he's, he's done. And, uh, and, but that, you know, but at the same time, everybody knows this. So that's priced in, I think. And so, so if you get the two monster running backs, you know, you just have to be willing to deal with it. Right. You said something uh, before about when you drafted Calvin Ridley that I think the market agrees with you that he's like the presumptive number one, but he hasn't played football in two years. Right. He that one year that he was here, uh, the last time he played, he like was kind of a disappointment. Christian Kirk was good last year and I'm with you, too. I've been drafting Ridley like he's the number one. But could this be something where we're not seeing what it actually is, where we're, we're taking the best parts of Ridley and forgetting about all the bad that's happened? You know what? I forgot about this because he got suspended for gambling, which no one cares about, right? Who right. cares? Like, I don't care. Bet, bet on the other team. What do I give a shit, you know? Um, parlay the other team and the <laughs> under, you know, and be wild. Uh, but the point is, but but the thing is, didn't he have, like, depression for a yeah, while? Yeah, he left okay. for mental health. And at the time, mental health, ex, you know, excuses were kind of like, ah, what, what's wrong? Just play. Get in there. I mean, obviously, now we're a now little you're like, more. Now you're like, oh, my God, he was too busy gambling i mean if I he was gambling i wouldn't have talked shit about his mental health that was such you know, i mean here's, here's the thing yeah this mental health thing like look obviously there's mental health is a thing um and too many people that i see on twitter uh, are lacking it um but um you know this whole thing of like you, know, you draft a guy and oh he has mental health you're like oh don't say anything he's got mental health it's like mental health dude get your fucking mental health in order before i draft you you know i don't want to draft somebody in full <laughs> mental health you know if i can just tell people hey look i'm fucking losing it i am losing my shit and i cannot play football do not draft me you know it was like when fucking uh in a really high stakes league of 2010 i know why i think about this all the time gavin floyd a pitcher i drafted he gave up eight runs without getting it out and then he said oh my arms hurt and then he uh. the game. i'm like dude if your arms hurt do it just, before please please for the decency have some decency um so yeah i'm not worried about i mean i am a little worried like what was his mental health thing i mean the gambling thing is like no big deal but you forget i just remember just now i actually totally forgotten about that yeah he had some mental health problems he wasn't playing well people were drafting him in like the second round and then 
I thought it was the men. He missed all these games with mental health issues. Yeah. Well, what happened was he he start he played a few games that year, and then he wasn't playing well, and then it was like this mysterious hand injury or some injury, right. and then he just never came back. And then they said it was because of mental health. So it sounded like that if I'm putting everything together, that maybe there was a hand injury, but it was more like he just wasn't there. Right. I mean, it could be like, you know, when those men, they get arrested and they go to men's prison and then they say that they are changing their gender to get into the woman's prison. (laughs) It could be that he was actually playing poorly and gambling and just said it was mental health to get, you know, because everyone's like, oh, no, no, no. Mental health. Don't say anything bad about him. Um, Right. You can't you can't criticize the troops or criticize mental health. Now you can criticize the troops. You know, it's funny. (laughs) Drew Brees, like the whole. uh, the whole uh, George Floyd riots, Drew Brees was asked what he thought, and he said some, you know, they always say these uh, boilerplate things that they're supposed to say, and he said something about the troops or something, and people are like, what? That's not the right... He, he had an old one. He had an old script he was reading off of, and he didn't... But they all say this. It doesn't matter. They Now they say the new script, but they used to be the old strip. Like, <laughs> I just care about the troops, you know, as long as the troops are okay, you know, and now there's a new script that you have to say, and and they have to always say the script, you know, and if you don't say the script, everyone's like, you didn't say it. It's like that Seinfeld episode where the guy didn't wear the ribbon. Right. Well, it's also, you know, anytime I referee high school basketball. And so I'm there for the national anthem every time before a game. I just, you know, again, it's fine. People want to do the national anthem. I understand it's become a tradition, but like, why are we singing the national anthem before sporting events? It's not, I'm not critiquing. I just don't understand. Are you on American, Alan? Are you hate America? (laughs) Well, you know, when it started, do you understand when it started? No, no. When was it? After, well, after World War II. So okay. when people were the most patriotic right. in this country, so that's when we started. Well, I always wondered that, you know, before, you know, now there's all this woke nonsense, but before that there was all this militaristic nonsense where it was like the national anthem. I mean, look, that, you know, great. I I do. I really think America's a great country. We can get into why that is, but, and I'm happy to get into that even on this podcast, but, mm. but the idea that like the NFL and the military, Oh, we support the troops. We're NFL military. What the fuck does one well, thing have to do with another? That's the a branding also- thing. That's right, a brand. They, right. So all they're trying to do is make money and, and be associated positively um, with the military. But it's like you have nothing to do with the military. You know, you have no you're you're a, a private sports league um, that makes a lot of money and they're the military. It's not the same thing, you know. And so I don't know why that was kind of conflated um, in the yeah, debate. Even during like Veterans Day, like they'll or one of you know, one of the pro military holidays, they'll have you know the uniforms with like the coaches wearing camouflage, and you know again it's smart branding. It works. It, it makes people feel patriotic. You know, funny enough, I just heard. It, uh, okay. Sorry, I, the only thing I just don't I just don't like that because it's like you know it's branding, but it's branding. It's it's kind of co opting something else. It's fake branding, right? Yeah. And so like it may be smart branding, but now you see that smart branding going on another side, right? Where they're trying to like wokeify all this sports stuff. And I don't like that. And a lot of people don't like the military stuff. I never really liked the military stuff with NFL either. And it's just like, just get that shit out of my face. I don't want any of that shit. I don't, I want here to watch football and they think it's smart branding and might be smart branding in the short term, but now whatever the next political cause du jour is, you're going to have all these leagues lining up to like suck up to it. And then it just, it's just a big turnoff. Like just play football. You know I mean? I know they can't help themselves, but you know, Well, it, it, the biggest disaster of modern day marketing is obviously the Bud Light thing with, oh. you know, so the, I've, I saw the uh, the woman that was in charge of marketing for the brand interviewed. And the long short was she said that they, you know, sales were slightly down. Now they're down 27 billion. Right. The sl- sl- sales were slightly down. They were trying to reach into a new market. Right. So obviously, whatever they did in hindsight now, it's not a very big market they were trying to reach into, by the way. I mean, what do they do? And that's like that's like that's like, you know, the aunties there in the poker. And you're like, I'm 
all in. I'm pushing <laughs> all of my money in to win like a tiny little pot. And then someone's like, well, I have aces. I'll call. And then you just get wiped. I mean, what are you doing? Why are well, you trying here, to push Here's what they should have done, right? And say, like, if you wanted to do this the right way, let's say, uh, you know, you're, you're, Someone who doesn't, hypothetically, Chris Liss is someone who doesn't understand trans. He, he doesn't want, he's, all the stereotypes are in his head. And I'm someone who's a little bit more, quote, woke. What the commercial should have been was us having a rational conversation about it where we're taking sips of Bud Light. And then at the end, we, we, we at least understand each other's argument. And we're doing that, and we're coming to having a rational discussion over Bud Light. That would have been the right way to do the marketing. It's inclusive. It helps bring uh, civil discourse. I, I don't, I mean, you could do that. That would be a total, I think that would be a, a insane but not ad the, campaign. A, it wouldn't work. Nobody would care. But right. B, it's like, what are they even involved in this for? What do they care about this? This is not, they were trying to sell beer. Right. You know, well, they were trying to that market. They were trying but to sell it's it. Like, but no, there, it's not that, there's not that many people. What it is, is sympathetic people. There's a much bigger market of right. people sympathetic to the movement. And they, and they would think. Oh, but like they're the good guys. They care about the the downtrodden, the people who take mm -hmm. a lot of shit from society unfairly. They care. Let's go buy some Bud Light. That's what they were hoping to get from that, right? Yeah. But the thing is, like, stop with that. Even if even if they were successful, that's not what Bud Light is. Bud Light is just a fucking beer. It's a shit beer. Also, the worst. It's <laughs> fucking dog urine. I mean, it's it's disgusting. But but so that's you know the product was bad. I mean, it took so much marketing and clever advertising just to even get that thing into the. The fact that it's everywhere is, is I can't believe it. It's so bad. Yeah, it's um, so bad that it's good. Like, you know, in other countries, it's always like, oh, I could have a Bud Light. Like, people. Oh, I don't even know that. I, I, yeah. would, I think it's on the level of like natural light, those really fatty, yeah. Yeah. You know, shit beer. College you know, like, beer. College beer. Yeah. Like, college beer when you just don't care. You know, you're just trying to get a well, buzz. You don't even care, you know? And so. You know, so that was that's obviously, um, you know, and, and I'm glad I'm glad to see it. I, it shouldn't have been as big as it was. It shouldn't have been as ubiquitous as it was. So, you know, they, they had yeah. to do the self-inflicted wound. But it's just like, look, it's just not it, it was a it was a disaster for so many reasons. And 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 that like that dude they use that woman. I don't know what Dylan what that, Dylan. Yeah. 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 I mean, come on, like that's, I don't, I, you know, we should even talk about this on this podcast, like just not even dignify that. But the point is that how, how sick am I that I was like, would I have sex with Dylan Volmady? I was actually like thinking like, I was like, no, nah, obviously not, you know, but I was like, you know, cause some of the trans women there, they, you know, you at least have that thought. I couldn't get there with, uh, with Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. Too far. Too far. <laughs> back to sports. You want to go back yeah. to sports? Cause I have back a ton to of sports, questions. Back to sports. All right. All right. So yeah, that, that'll be the clip. I'm, of le the I'm leaving this in. I'm leaving this in unless you want me to cut it. You know what? Uh, someone once unless told you me, ask me to cut it. I'm leaving it. In. My mother once told me, don't say anything to anybody unless it would end. If you don't want it to end up on the cover of the New York times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, New York times is such a piece of shit. I'm talking about 25 years ago. Yeah, the real New York times, the times I grew up with. with, yeah. with the, honestly, of all the institutions <laughs> that have rotted to the core in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, whatever it is that may be the most rotted it is just a pure propaganda outlet i mean it's shameful or and was it sad. always was it always and well we just I've, th I've thought about that you know maybe you know just because i didn't we didn't have the internet we didn't have other sources so we just thought i think it probably was to an extent but i think that it's just because it, it really can't compete um with with social media anymore it's just become um it, it, it yeah, no, become... Actually, it could have because that generation, they're, they're still around, you know, the New York Times generation. Like if you're I mean, look, even uh, you, uh, there's 50 year olds, right? You're 50. What? Two now, Chris Liss? I'm yes, 47. Yeah. Our generation there. They would still read the New York Times if they felt it was credible. 
I would read the New York Times if I felt it was credible. Of course, I right. would. Yes, yes. Right. But, but, they're not, but you don't need it for breaking news anymore. You know, you don't no. need it for like sort of like what happened. Need and, it for well thought out source stories. I mean, that was the idea. It was like this. You, you got all the detail. Is pretty, I mean, Substack wouldn't exist if if mm. if the New York Times and Washington Post did their job, right? They Substack probably or it'd be so niche it, it would be tiny, right? It only actually blew up. Um, because the news organizations weren't doing their jobs. And so you needed actual commentary that was thought out and intelligent and well-researched. And they, they just completely abandoned their job and they were basically just catering to, you know, on the one hand, their government clients, and on the other hand, like the credulous who just want to read the things that make them feel better about the world. And that's just, you know, to keep their beliefs intact. But man, just as a person who grew up in New York and read it every day, it's just... I mean, that that one's actually painful. You know, it was like Nassim Taleb, like that guy going absolutely insane. It's, and it's, the New York Times, those are the two things that I thought really... I, to I'm people, really like, the people that really enjoyed the New York Times, it's like finding out your spouse of 25 years is cheating on you. I mean, it really yeah. is the same feeling, yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's it. I know, you know, listen. With, but with, with someone of another species. <laughs> that actually I wouldn't mind. I always <laughs> said if my if my wife left me for another woman, it wouldn't be as painful, yeah, you know? Of course not. Of course <laughs> not. Another species, that would be painful. <laughs> yeah, it's just me and the dog. We're going there. But, they, um, you know, that's what people love about uh, your sports podcast is you never know when they're going to tangent off. And by the way, the Chrysalis podcast, I think it's been, and this is the overwhelming feedback that I've, because I've passed it on to some other people as well. It's better than ever. It's better than ever. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's you're really in a groove right now, and I'm not just telling. I wouldn't say anything if I didn't if I didn't mean it. The old was called. I'm going to give you one critique. You start every podcast by saying this is going to be a short one, and then it goes long. (laughs) Just don't say that. Just don't say that. I really intend it though. I really do intend it to be. It's almost like a tick at this point. You know, just don't (laughs) say it. (laughs) <laughs> because yeah. then I get pissed, and then I have to look at the end. I'm like, oh, okay, 46 minutes. Good, uh, good, good, uh, good. Because I don't want a short one. I want a long one. There you go. I, I under-promise, over-deliver. That's there, the way. There it is. All right, back to some fantasy sports, Chris List, because, all right. Well, let me say, say, sorry, let me say one other thing. So I had a guy critique me on Twitter. He said, someone was talking about the, the old XM show, Jeff and me and whatever, and some guy said, it was fucking ridiculous. This guy would go off on a 10-minute tangent about the solar <laughs> system, and I want to hear And I said, that's a valid critique. It's true. <laughs> It's true. So, you know, if you're gonna, so many guys talk shit and I'm like, what do you mean? What's the problem? What is it? I said, that's false. And they just say, everything you say is bullshit. I said, give me one example. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm curious. And they, they don't, they're just in general, but this guy came up with something. He said, you go, went off on a 10 minute tangent about the soul. I said, no, I don't remember doing that, but I, it's probably it definitely true. happened. I would so take it like, on, on a witness stand. He would have all the credibility in the world. And by the way, if everything you say is wrong and everything you say is bullshit, you are the most valuable analyst in the world. Oh, if you're a perfect negative in- indicator. Yeah. Well, they weren't talking about sports, though. They were talking about uh, non-sports stuff. And so it's like, you know, that could be, dang- you know, you're, you're the negative indicator of, like, you know, um, some other stuff. But yeah. Right. You, yeah. I got I, those Jim, Cra- Jim Kramer's, the, the, you know, everyone, you've seen the Jim Kramer ones where he's like, you know, absolutely, you know, uh, what was the, the bank? The Silicon Valley Bank's fine, you know, the, the next day. It's literally, I don't know if someone was just a meme or something happens and he didn't really say that anymore or he really said that about everything, but it's, it's hard perfect, to tell. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the, everything's fine as the building is burning behind him, right? Stay, stay. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get back to some fantasy sports because people listening to this podcast, they, you know, they follow along with your NFFC drafts. They follow along with your, you know, your draft strategies. And then they could do what they want with it. Let's say you did go with your two running backs early. Let's say you went for the, the Cooper Cup types and, you know, whoever fell to the second round and the value was there for a tight end or a wide receiver in the third round. I like 
the running. I know they call it like the dead zone, which is the, it gives me douche chills that whole terminology. But this year, there's running backs in the fifth through eighth round that actually makes sense. I mean, we already covered James Conner, but where are you going to be on Miles Sanders and uh, David Montgomery this year? Both in very interesting situations. Yeah, I haven't looked that deeply into them. Um, well, Sanders I, has the job to himself in Carolina. Yeah, no, I and, know the situation. And Montgomery's there with uh, Jameer Gibbs, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, and and Montgomery could be the Jamal Williams sort of closer at the goal line, and probably will be because Gibbs is small. Um, do, do you know how many touchdowns that Jamal Williams had last year? Like thirteen or something. It was like eighteen. Yeah, it was like eighteen. Yeah, and and they have a great offensive line, and and they like to you know the the smash smash mouth style. Eat, I, eat not, kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that uh, Montgomery is actually not even bad either. He's not a bad running back either. I don't know. I yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, look, Se- seventeen rushing touchdowns last year. Seventeen, yeah. I remember he had a lot early and he kind of slowed down, but he still got so many. He had like thirteen touchdowns in like ten weeks or something. But he was he was playable. Like it wasn't like he, you're like oh, all his best games came on your bench. Like you just like okay, I'm going to start Jamal Williams in my or my second running back slot. Yeah, no, he was. It was like every week he he got touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so start yeah. with start with Sanders. Sanders sixth round. Sanders the the problem is he used to be a bit injury prone. They kind of phased him out on third downs um, in Philly. They were using other guys, even though Sanders was supposed to be sort of the pass catching hybrid guy. So does Sanders get the three down role? Does he get the you know all the snaps? If he does, um, you know, and and rookie QB is pretty good. I mean. You're right. The upside is definitely there. I think, you know, it's... Nobody behind him. It's Chuba Hubbard and a guy named Raheem Blackshear, who's a pass-catching running yeah, back. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard is not that impressive. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, and they signed this guy for real money. I mean, real running back money. It's a, yeah. a few million bucks, but that's yeah. top of the market. I just get the only issue... And Miles Sanders is actually good. Like, he had good yard per carry. I mean, he's not like some washed-up guy. I just remember when Mike Davis was a starter in uh, Atlanta. That's a little different. And everybody that, was like, oh, look, he's the full-time guy. Let's, you, you know, he's in the fifth round. That's why would I use a, a second-round pick on a back? I can take Mike Davis because Mike Davis sucks, you know, and he right. could be out of the job. And and so the, the question is, is Miles saying, remember, he's playing behind the best offensive line in football for the last couple of years. Um, I mean, uh, Carolina, they're one of the top 10 lines on most of the, you know, professional grading services that have yeah. that out there. And you, by the way, you know who's this year's Mike Davis is Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, people are I mean, he's only in like the seventh or eighth round, but because he, he has the Denver job, right. he's the the crappy guy that's like, oh, he has the job, but it, you're not paying a fifth round pick for him. So, yeah, he's Samaj P. Brown is pretty good, though, last year. And since you know what I'm saying, it's yeah. not but yeah. it, I mean, Sanders I, is better. I, I, I think like there's it's just like closers running backs and closers are so similar and closers. It's like, Oh, this guy, he's on the tigers. Like, well, he's not going to get any saves. Like don't worry. And then one guy, one of those teams will get 40 saves just on the shitty team. They'll run him out there. Every time the team will win 70 games or 65 games and 40 of those will be his saves. And it'll be like the guy who's third in saves that happens every year. But most of the closers on the bad teams just suck. They're not very good. They get blown up. They lose the job. And it's the same thing with these running backs and bad teams. You're hoping to get that one that keeps the job all year and and you know when they get whenever they get to the goal line, he's the guy that gets it because they're not going to get to the goal line that much. Um, I, I guess Sanders is a good candidate for it. And Montgomery is, is you know he's actually on a good team. Montgomery's a little different; he's a timeshare on a good team. So I, I guess Sanders has the upside, and Montgomery has the floor. Is is what you what you say? So what do you think in in draft this year? Is there? I know you you told me last time that we met that 
you, you love Justin Jefferson as the first player, but you don't think he's worth the third round reversal. So for those that are, let's talk to two different audiences right now. First, those that play in the NFFC, you have a lot of followers that follow you from that play the high stakes. Where do you think is the best slot? Should, should we be putting our KDS like 12, 11, 10, nine, or should last you four. set last four? I, you know, so I really like to get Garrett Wilson in the second and I got snaked. Um, I'm not really in on Devonte Adams with the uh, Garoppolo, whoever it is. Um, I could see Devonte Adams still being a good pick, but I'm just a little nervous about the QB switch. Um, but Garrett you take, Wilson, who, where's the line then? So Devon, you won't take Devonte Adams. Would you take Devonte Smith before him or no? no I don't like, I don't like Devonte Smith. You know, Chris my, Olave? Well, my, my rotowire one, my snarky one fifties coming out. And, uh, I think that Devonta Smith is, uh, anorexics have a higher i've known anorexics <laughs> with a higher bmi um because he's like six feet 170 or something i mean he's really frail i mean he's held up fine so far and he's been good i mean the guy you know that he won the heisman trophy right didn't yeah, he no, yeah sure, so sure yeah i mean uh, that's usually wide receivers don't win that i mean it, at some point you have to say but hey. i mean he's got the you know the best wide receiver in the nfl if he got 180 targets next to him basically um but yeah i i don't, I don't know i mean i'm not uh, I think Devonta Smith is like, you know, seven, eight touchdowns. And, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be the big play guy or the touchdown guy as much. And I don't know like how much over the middle stuff he can really handle with that frame. So I think he's good, but he's kind of like, right. he's kind of like Waddle. I prefer Waddle actually to him. Okay. But, so, but the question really was about Devonte Adams. So which one of those receivers that go in round two? I wouldn't, that, I think I would take Adams ahead of them, but I just would take even Waddle. Three. I'd take Adams ahead of Waddle, I think. But I, I think I would take Barkley or Jonathan Taylor ahead of all of them. I think I I, I pivot to the running back there, even though it's it's the um it's the worst position to take. Um, I think I would rather have the running back because and I'm not taking the QB there. So I, I just feel like you want to get probably 10, 11, 12 because you can get Bijan, you can get Saquon, you can get Taylor, you can get um Garrett Wilson, you could get uh CeeDee Lamb with the first of those two picks. And I kind of like that. I don't really like the back end of the second round that much. Right. So you, you could go your KDS. If, and again, for those that don't play in um, the NFFC, uh, you're allowed to pick your draft slot. It gets chosen, you know, chosen at random if you get that slot. But so you would go 12, 11, 10, 9. Those would be your first four choices. Yeah. And then maybe one after that, you know, to get Jefferson. Um, and then on the top, right. Cause at the top of the third round, you can get the Najee Harris or Josh Jacobs or whoever your preferred, you right. know, guys. Yeah. Are I, I, was, I, I was liking Ramondre, but then I read that he felt worn down in the second half that he'd been overworked. I didn't like hearing that so much because there's some Dalvin cook discussion there too. Yeah. That, that, so I've sort of, I was, I was big on Ramondre in the third and now I'm sort of lukewarm. Um, the, you know, the guys there, I mean, I took Metcalf and I, I'm happy to take him always. I just think he's 25 and he's just such a monster. And now we know Gino is competent. So there's just no reason for Metcalf not to go 90 catches and 10 touchdowns. Um, and so I think that's kind of an easy pick there in round three. How about in a, you know, your home league or your office league or whatever competitive league you play in where it's traditional, does that change the draft slot that you prefer to have? Not that much because the third round, I, I mean, I guess I like getting Metcalf early third or one of those guys, but I don't really have that strong of a, a preference in the, in those rounds. Like I, I guess I took Ridley in the fourth. Who would I have taken late third? I guess there's some good running backs late third. Sometimes that, that quarterback, drop. you can maybe get, you know, I'm out, know. I'm out. I'm not doing it. I, I just, I think like I would have to get like the min pick 
or the max pick, I guess you call it, um, on one of those. You know, if Mahomes fell to the third round, I might just take him because relative to the league, it was such a good value, even though I got him in the sixth last year. You know, he's the same guy as he was last year, exactly the same guy. So I got him in the sixth, and nobody was like, oh. I mean, they were like, that's a good pick, but nobody was like, you know, amazed by it. Now he's going in the second round or the first round. So when you talk about, like, you know, sleeper picks or like guys that go late. A lot of times we think about these young guys that haven't broke out yet. I want you to think about sleepers in terms of dusty veterans that no one wants. And specifically Leonard Fournette, Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt. Those guys are going to sign somewhere. Hunt. I took Hunt in my league and then I regretted it after when I did more. Research. What round was it in? 15th, maybe 14th, something like that. I mean, you're going to drop your 15th round well, pick. I know, anyway. but then you may as well just not pick. You know I mean? It's like, I, I got the, the round after that. I got Jeff Wilson. And I was, that, that was a much better pick. Jeff Wilson. Is it though? What did yeah. I mean? Because Jeff Wilson's good. He's good on the Niners. Yeah. He's good on the Dolphins. Raheem Mostert's already going to be hurt by week two. And then you have Devin O'Shane, who I also got. And he, you know, could be good, but he's going to be like, you know, doing all sorts of weird stuff. I think that like Wilson could get like 12 touchdowns. Like I could easily see it. And you would know you'll get clarified. Jeff yeah. Wilson starts. So if Raheem yeah. Mostert's out. A chain is our you know eight touch guy. Line right. Wilson up his seven. Yeah, okay, I could see that. And yeah. Wilson gets hurt all the time too. But the thing about Kareem Hunt is Kareem Hunt was the pass catcher. He's like such a hard runner. He's so tough. You know, he's mm-hmm. like such a beast. Well, there's talk about him to Washington. That's where they're saying Kareem Hunt is 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 um, I mean, a chance to land. That'll be crowded there, you know. But uh, whatever, it's the fifteenth round. I just thought that. I'd watch Kareem Hunt. I remember thinking, this guy's good, even though Chubb is better. And then I looked at his numbers from last year. And I was like, oh, he really cratered. I didn't realize how much he cratered. Yeah, it was after, bad. I looked, at, I looked at his numbers after I drafted him, which is <laughs> perfect. Real, real man does it that way. Real, yeah, real man only looks at the, does the research, you know, after the season's over. After the so, draft. Yeah. yeah. Well, you do it after the draft. You're like, how did I do? Okay, let me look it up. <laughs> <laughs> so how about Fournette? He, he seems like he was still capable last year. I mean, he's going around 17 in underdog. I don't know where he went in your NFFC draft, but – you're just saying, does he, no. uh, is he someone that could basically just crater someone else's value? Not even, I, you know, the thing is like, so he, I, I feel like the last two years he had value because Brady just loved Dump to force the running back and he would mm-hmm. catch him. He wasn't even that good, but he was better than, you know, Ronald Jones couldn't catch. And then um, I forget who they had last year, Rashad, he, Rashad White, but Rashad White, rookie. who's the starter this year. Right. But he's a rookie last year. And so it was just like Brady was like, I trust this guy. I'm going to throw to him a hundred times. And, but there was no special skill there. And now that he's not like, you know, by, by virtue of co- a contract or connection with Brady um, guaranteed anything, I just think Fournette's basically done. So you brought up Rashad White. He's another interesting player that, you know, he's, um, I guess he, he had 50 plus catches last year, uh, right. a bad yards per carry. And actually, you know, I'm talking to someone that respects yards per carry because you say at least it's the, it's the metric we use, right? I know there's some people that like all well, these different. I don't, you know, I mean, it's very noisy, like year to year, you'll, you'll see a guy with 4.8 and then 3.9 and, and it's not always because he's worse. Um, and there's some research I did a big, I don't know if you saw the, uh, I did this on real man sports. I totally, I broke down like this thread of running backs don't matter guy thread. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, the most important thing is how many guys are in the box. So it doesn't even matter yards per carry. You know, that's what determines yards per carry. And I'm like, yeah, but if you have the same yards per carry with against more men in the box, doesn't that mean you're good? Like yeah. none of these things make the mean the running back doesn't matter. They just mean that, you know, there's different circumstances that affect, you know, what the running, you know, how to measure how good the running back is. What's well, the and, stat we use though. It's something that no, I, I think, I think yards per carry matters a little bit. Okay. But there's a lot of noise. Like for instance, if you have a lot of third and fourth and ones, uh, that year more than usual. And so you're getting a yard to get the first down. Um, that hurts your yards per carry, even if you're successful. 
And then um, obviously a, a really long run. If you get an 80 yard touchdown, um, that really helps. Or if you, you get tripped up by the ankle 30 yards in, that's a huge difference. All those things like, so it's, it's pretty noisy, but when Nick Chubb is getting five every single year, you know, that's over that sample, you know, that that's like real. Right. So we started talking about Rashad White there. And the reason I even brought up yards per carry is because they were low. Rashad White, it just feels, you know, and we're talking PPR leagues. They have Baker Mayfield now as the quarterback. Rashad White's someone I've been drafting. I thought that he would start moving up. He hasn't. He's gone the other way. He's gone backwards. So given the circumstances where the team is not projecting to be great, I think their win total is about six and a half. They have Baker Mayfield, presumably. Rashad White is a pass catching running back. Is this someone that you would think about drafting in one of your upcoming drafts? I would think about it, but usually um, I'll probably take other backs earlier. Usually I'll, I'll if, if I didn't have a back, of course, I would look okay. at him, Miles Sanders. You know, you mentioned Montgomery. All those are good backs to look at Akers um, in those rounds. You could just go heavy receiver, tight end for the first four rounds, five rounds, and start looking to those guys. Um, but it's, it's not going to be my – I could do actually a zero running back build uh it, it could be a strategy actually because i'm not going to take the qb so i could just load up on like high volume receivers i mean imagine getting like cd lamb and garrett wilson at the turn which i could have done or cup and garrett wilson i could have got wilson but cup and adams say and then around three taking metcalf round four taking ridley and then around five you know i get acres or i get someone like that that's not a bad uh way to way to draft I just want to just briefly talk about like MVP odds for a moment here. And right now, um, Mahomes is like plus 600, depending where you look. And Joe Burrow's plus 700. And the reason I want to talk about MVP odds is because Burrow seems like a decent bet. Like he's going to have that MVP year. Why not this year? So when you talk about teams to target, obviously everybody wants Bengals, but you can't get stacks on like Mahomes. Kelsey is ungettable at this point with ADP. Yeah. Right. So mostly, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, mostly, yeah, you, can Hertz, get lucky. you can't plan it. Yeah. Right. Hurts AJ Brown. You can get, but it's, you know, ish, re- ish, yeah, like, ish. like, like 12, 13, maybe, maybe you'd have to reach up above ADP. Yeah. Nobody likes to reach. So you'd have to go, you know, hurts in the first and then the, uh, Devontae Smith. And you said you don't, didn't like him. So, so really the stack, if you want to do in an NFC, NFFC style contest where there's an overall, the only Chase way you Higgins can, Burrow. that's it. Or just chasing Jason Burrow. And then don't, you know, you don't may not work. get Higgins. You may not get Higgins. In the right. Back. So Probably I guess, so I, what is that? What is the, do you see the case for Burrow MVP? I mean, he, like of I said, course. he's got the second best odds. And what does an MVP season you think look like uh, 48, for him? 48 touchdowns. 48. And, you know, 8.8 YPA and um, you know, the Bengals are number one seed in the conference. I, I, I easy to see, but you know, what's Josh Allen. I mean, I, I think, you know, you go to the guys that are out of fashion now, you know, Josh Allen was the trendy guy last year. What's, what's his odds. Um, he would be the next one down after that. He is. I think Plus it's a thousand. Uh, no, I think it's like they're all like tightly knit. I, the last time I looked, which is about a four or five days ago, plus 780 plus 800. See, I'm not interested in any of those. I, I I'll say, you know, what's Danny dimes here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh... and I'm gonna actually play some bets here, Alan. Um, I, I got to get Giants to win the Super Bowl. Someone said it was sixty-five to one. For what? For uh, okay, Giants, here we go. Here, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you. Uh, which one do you want? The uh, BetMGM is that good? Yeah, those good. Or DraftKings? Or you want DraftKings? Here, I'll give you yeah, the DraftKings. DraftKings is fine. Okay, Mahomes is seven hundred. Burrow is next at seven fifty. Josh Allen is plus eight hundred. Let, let me see if I can guess who's, who's after. All right, Jalen Hurts. Hurts is next, and then what, Lamar Jackson? Well, no, no, give me the odds. Oh, I was going to guess the next guy on the list. Um, Hurts, I would say, is um, what, 950? 
plus eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. So okay. who's next after that? Um, Hertz is plus eleven. I would say Lamar Jackson at like plus twelve hundred. No, no, uh, they're they're baking an injury for him. Okay, yeah, he probably should get one baked. And I got to think of the teams. Um, Just think of the young stud quarterbacks. Yeah, Herbert maybe. Yes, and Herbert is well, like uh, twelve hundred. Uh, play along at home. At home, uh, guess the odds on. So we already uh, he's plus thirteen on DraftKings. I will right, we'll, we'll do uh, we'll do three more, okay? Because that you know these are the three realistic ones. So we uh, the last one we talked about was Trevor Herbert. Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence got to be like plus fifteen or something. Plus fourteen, and then you had Lamar. What do you think Lamar is? Plus seventeen. Plus fifteen. Okay. Plus and 15. then Aaron Rodgers uh, plus sixteen. So right. Um, MVP while on LSD. Now that's got to be the. <laughs> You I'm know, looking so, for Danny Dimes, by the way, for you. Yeah. Oh, you hear it is. He he is plus five thousand. Fifty to one is pretty good for a QB. I mean, I think the Giants have a real chance. Nobody like the odds makers. It's great that they disagree because I'm going to get a good price on all these guys. Giants won a playoff game last year. When you win a playoff game and you're a young team with you know good management, I mean, usually you take another step the following year. I don't know why people are acting yeah. like well. Trey Lance has better odds than him. At, uh, oh, he's plus five. Uh, plus five. Well, because they also. figure that that the Niners could have the number one seed, and then if Lance wins the job, it, it makes sense. But I, I'll I'll take dimes at five thousand. What about uh, Saquon? What are his odds to win? MVP? Oh my God, these are only quarterbacks. Let me see. I'd have to scroll way down. Okay, to get. Well, oh yeah, no, you're right. Okay, two fifty. I'm I'm going. The, oh, here we go. It's pl- yeah, it's plus twenty thousand. Just okay, so it's what's two hundred to one. Oh, right, right, right. Well, yeah, um, no, that, it's not two thousand. It's plus twenty thousand. Yeah, two hundred to one. Okay, uh, but you know, I, I want to get three hundred. I, I think DraftKings is kind of, um, they're kind of, it's kind of shit odds. I think in they're, a, in a, they're the in best a odds book, of anyone. Of all I, think, these I think if you went to like Circa or something, you get like three hundred. Circa, we, yeah, that, but you know what? I mean, even Cooper Cup with that like all time season wasn't able to get it. Well, it's, that's why you're getting, you know, 200 to one, you know, the, the thing, two things have to happen. The Giants are the number one seed. Okay. Danny Dimes doesn't, isn't the obvious guy carrying them. You know, he has 27 touchdown passes and he's been good, but he's not like 40, right? Giants are the one seed. Saquon has, you know, 2,500 combined yards, you know, breaks the yards scrimmage record, say. And there's no <laughs> other quarterback in the league. Those five or six guys we listed, none of those guys, they all have good year, you know, but there's nobody who has like the, the 28 touchdowns or something like that. Yeah, or no, like Mahomes has 38 touchdowns and 12 picks, and he has 4,500 yards and an 8.0 YPA, and the Chiefs are, you know, 12 and five. You know, Mahomes isn't going to win it over the running back that sets the right. You know, you'd or have Mahomes to have gets of, injured. Mahomes gets injured. Right. Well, no, but I mean, there's going to be somebody healthy, but there's just no outstanding QB um, to have a, a non QB yeah. win it. The running back actually, in some ways, has a better, well, I wouldn't say better chance, but as good a chance as the receiver because the volume is so high. You just see them with the ball so much in a given game. Um, this is the first year in how long that you're not going to be on the road wire tripped in Vegas. You said circus sports. That's why I'm bringing it up. Well, you know, obviously we didn't have one in 2020. Um, yeah, but nobody then, went. Yeah. And then 2019, I missed it cause I had to go to a wedding in France. So I missed it in 2019. That's the only one I missed. I missed half of one in like 2008. I want to say, uh, because we had this event at USC like this and I was there like shilling road wire to like this NFL event. I don't know why I, I <laughs> agreed to do it, but then I went like the next day, you know, so. So, I mean, are you, I mean, you're going to be missed, obviously. Uh, is, it, is it, 
I mean, last year you came as a guest. You were not part of Rotowire. You were there. You know, obviously you helped build the the business. But now you're another year removed. I mean, how are you doing with this? Any? Uh, it's how you. Fe- I guess that's really my question: is how are you feeling now that you're multiple years removed? Um, you know, there, I, we all know that your issues were that you didn't want to have to do the the show or the podcast, and when you're traveling the internet. But now that you've been detached for a while, how do you feel about uh, being in a solo situation? It's great. It's really, really great. Um, I just, I, I, I was like, it was perfect. Like I loved being there. Uh, you know, I love the guys. I, the the split was like, the, it could not be better. It was like totally harmonious. I really respect and appreciate those guys. No regrets they, at all. Been none. Leave- I mean, I, I don't have any, and they've been, you know, totally cool with me. Very nice. Um, I was doing this other project with this guy. I don't know where it's going. Um, not a sports project, but, mm-hmm. and like, you know, everyone's like happy to help out, give like tech tips to him, talk to him independently. Like they've just been totally cool. And, um, and I'm able to talk about anything I want. You know, I, I talk about all sorts of crazy stuff, as you know, and it's not like going to blow back on Rotowire, which, you know, shouldn't be like that, but it, it would be like that if I were still there. And, and I just love making my own schedule. And, yeah. and, and here's the, here's the, actually the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, you, you work with a group and you have duties and tasks that you're in charge of and you have to get them done. And then you're on your own and you're like, what if I just don't have anything to do or I run out of things to do? And you never run out of things. You never run out of stuff to do. Well, no, people do. People start drinking every day or they start, you know, um, real man. Real man, yeah. Real man would, wouldn't be here on doing this fucking bullshit podcast. They'd be wasted hanging right. out by himself. No, I know what but, you're saying. It's it's over time sustain being consistent with content or whatever your passion's going to be. Dude, dude, I've I looked at the numbers. I've produced like 90 of the chrislist.com posts. I've produced like I want to say like 200 ish uh, real man sports posts. I've done like. I don't know, 60, 70, 80, uh, You've been solo podcast. I haven't done as many of these sports ones just because in, in baseball season, I don't do as many, but I feel like every week there's tons of stuff coming out that I'm producing. And I don't know when my next idea is going to come up or whether I have something to say, but yet every week there's something to say. And, you know, I appreciate you coming on and helping me out with this because no, seriously, because it's, it's easier to have a, a good host, like, you know, prompting me and stuff. But, but I just feel like, so far so good like i didn't know that i would be like i I, you could easily go three months like doing your own thing you don't like you're not making much money you're not like getting you know billions of views and like why am i doing this but i don't feel like that i feel like yeah i've got like you know who knows how long this will go but i just feel like i'm in it and that's the that was the biggest kind of um leap into the unknown is like now i don't have a deadline now i don't you know i'm not really accountable to some other people what's going to happen and that one that i am actually like that's the thing makes me feel most good about you know because i don't know how you are alan but like if you're living your life and like you know your 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 wife's working and your kids at school and you're like what the fuck am i doing on this planet am i am i a useless eater do i need to be cold like the wf needs to call me because i'm a useless eater i mean what you know what is the you know, and I don't feel like I feel like right. I have a purpose, you know. It's, it's, yeah, well, humans want to be productive. I mean, that's how we get our value. If I'm pro- you've talked about it, about producing things, about yeah. contributing to the world. Yeah. And that could be, you know, as simple as a podcast that gets 100 views because, yeah. you know, those 100 people are appointment listening or, you know, whatever it is. So uh, I, I again, what, so all right, how about this? Here's another way to ask the question, because I've been curious. Yeah. Um, 
what is one thing that you do miss about being part of the company? Uh, and again, we know all of the that you're doing. You're happy with the decision you made, and obviously, you worked hard for a couple decades to get a you know to get the buyout to where you wanted it. But what's something that you do miss about being part of the team? I mean, I don't really care about being part of the team at all. I I miss you know talking to Jeff every day on the radio, like chit chatting with Jeff. That's something. That's um, a team, you know, and. Just like, you know, the the banter we have with the producers and the bullshit we go. I mean, we really loved Ivy and Trevor, our tenure. I mean, the other producers were, were great, great. You know, we liked Draws and those other guys, too. But, like, Trevor and Ivy were, like, our, you know, that was who was with us for 10 years. And so, like, just, like, that was, like, my office, right? Because we didn't go into an office. So that was, like, our little office. And I I missed that. Um, I, uh, you know, I love seeing Schuler and, and and just all, all the guys. Do you like, miss the and, Wednesday? Do you miss the Wednesday meeting at Rotowire? <laughs> no, no, I don't miss that. <laughs> I don't miss that at all. And Heather has so many more meetings. Like, like we had one a week. Heather has like one a day or two a day sometimes. Zoom, like, all Zoom meetings. Zoom and phone. I'm just like, ah, oh, just so stop. I'll walk in when she's working. I'm like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, shut the, you know, just stop. Just it's too much. You know, all these fucking people. And uh, but because no, everyone, you know, the corporate meeting thing where everyone like has to say a little bit more than they think they should say just to under, you know, you, I, you know, all the, the nonsense yeah, of Zoom. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. But, but no, I, I, I don't miss it. I um, I don't know, man. I, I don't I don't right, want to jinx myself like I it's You're like, not going to jinx yourself. That doesn't a jinx I, like, doesn't like, exist. I, outs- I outsourced my baseball moves this year. Right. And that is going amazing. Like I, I like the guys doing it. They're doing a good job. I get to enjoy all watching the box scores, rooting for my guys with no work at all. Sunday night, you know, I would be at a barbecue. Oh fuck, I'm drunk. I got to go do my moves for an hour. Don't have to even think about that. It's just like, you know, it was like at Rotowire. I just kept laying off stuff that I didn't want to do, and then I was just like talking about my teams. That was my job to talk about my own teams. But now I'm like, I don't want to talk for eight hours about fantasy sports right now. The world is on fire. I want to talk about other shit. And now I'm just doing that. Now I didn't even have to. I want to do fantasy baseball. I don't want to manage these teams. So I, you know, literally I'm going to just be like outsourcing everything. You know, I'm going to just have, you know, not the only thing I'm not outsourcing is like my health, my money, my information, all that shit, my thought process. Oh, you know what? Speaking of out, not outsourcing health, I, I, you're going to be, my wife has a, you know, she's a dietitian. She thinks of, of very similar to how you think about, you know, let's find the, the solutions preventative, all that stuff. So I had, I, this, this is embarrassing. I had a, a case of toe fungus on my left big toe. I mean, it was disgusting. So I had to, I got it diagnosed. They said, okay, you're going to need this compound solution, some medicine, or you could take a pill for six weeks or a compound solution for a year. All right. So I said, no pill. We're not doing that. We're not destroying my liver. And then I get the, um, the medicine and it says like all the side effects and it says your breath, you'll smell like garlic. You'll have itchy, all these, every, you know, horrible side. Penile cancer, you know, all the things. Penile enlargement. So I, so I drank the whole bottle. (laughs) Oh no, no, no. Real man, real man has to go the other direction. Otherwise he's got a problem. So, uh, talking about like, you know, homeopathic solutions. My wife just takes that bottle and says, throw it out. I don't care that you paid $50 for it. She gives me, um, Tea tree oil mixes Garlic. it with co- coconut oil and uh, oregano oil. Okay. I, I put a couple drops on the thing. Two days, it's gone. Yeah, most stuff is like that. Most of these compounds are, are, are like all the stuff they make in the pharmacy that they slave away to make the, I mean, in the lab that like, oh, we can maybe reduce fungus in six months by killing you. Um, <laughs> That's there's what like it was. Some, there's something in nature that like that already exists, but it's not patentable because it's free. You know, I mean, they can make a little money like extracting it, but they can't patent it because it's, it's out there. Um, and it totally works. And I, I think most things are like that. Obviously if I, 
you know, needed stitches, I'd want to be in a hospital or if I um, broke a broke leg, a I leg wanted to be. Yep. but when you break a leg and they said it, you know, it's not the doctor healing you. It's, it's him just allowing your leg to heal itself. I mean, the body heals itself basically. And you just I, I don't want you setting my leg. I want a doctor setting my leg. Someone, you know? I'll set your leg, dude. No problem. <laughs> uh, no, you want a doctor doing, you want a doctor stitching you up. Right. Oh. Um, but, and, and those are useful things, but those, those solutions have been around for hundreds of years, right? They knew how to stitch people up and, and set legs for a long time. So it's not like all this technological bullshit. Um, I think it's on net doing more harm than good. I'm not saying there's no things that have helped that ankle surgery and actually helped me quite a bit in 2009. So I don't want to, you know, throw out all of the baby with the bathwater, but in no, general, but I'm just saying like I pay, you know, the right. 50 bucks. Oh yeah. Something uh, like I, that. I had something to pay like. for a test to get, I mean, to get the fungus up, but in, 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 they told me, you know, months and months and two Why years, didn't you like, just do that first before you got all the tests? You know what? Yes, correct. But thank God I didn't use the, the, the thing that's going to make me smell like garlic and, and have like my penis fall off or whatever no, the other no, side effects no. were. No, yeah. I mean, yes, I should have done that lesson right. learned, right. but at least right. not the hard better late, better late than never. It cost me, it was a $50 lesson. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it, the most, I, I always like, you know, I do over, I have iodine. Iodine's like the miracle thing. Yeah, it's we like if I have a colloidal a, silver too. Yeah. Silver, iodine, coconut oil. You just, oh, I've got some rash here. Just put some iodine and coconut oil on it. It's not going to hurt you, you know, and it may just cure it. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, or ex okay, so a couple more fantasy questions. I, I don't know where we got how we got sidetracked. Oh, I was asking you about your your time away now. Oh, you know what? One more question. Somebody else. I asked this to Jeff. Since you um, had the buyout, and again, no one's you know. Did you buy yourself anything nice? Because Chris, Les, we know you're notoriously a little cheap, right? I mean, you're self reclaimed. You told me yourself. You said you're well, cheap all the time, right? So did I, you buy yourself anything nice? Did you treat yourself? No, I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, well, <laughs> you look like, shocked I, when I said that you told me that, that you're cheap. No, no. I, I mean, I, the only, I'm only sensitive about it because I got into a beef with a friend of mine. So uh, I shouldn't, I don't think you're cheap, so, by the way, I got, when we I, were in I, Vegas. I, you were, you were, we were going to expensive dinners I, I, on our I, own. We were, I spend money on food, but, uh, but I do, I did get once <laughs> into this guy. I shouldn't even say, cause I feel he would never watch this, but I don't want to say but, it anyway. Say it but anyway. This dude was like always like asking, he'd, he'd be like, Oh man, can you get me? Can you get me? And you'd get him, I'll pay you back. You know? And then he wouldn't pay you back and he was broke anyway. So you didn't really <laughs> want to like, so, so this guy, right. was like that. And then, you know, we weren't hanging out for a while. And he was like, you're an asshole. He was gave me the whole like launch into what a bad friend I was. And he said, and you're cheap. And I said, what do you mean I'm cheap? Do I owe you something that I haven't paid? Sorry, let me know what I right. owe you. And of course I didn't. It was just, I wasn't like sporting him more. And I was making like 70 grand a year at the time. And he wanted me to like to support him, you know, because that's he was a leech. Real. That's yeah. a leech. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. What I'm asking and I was is like, it... and I was like, and I was like, you're calling me cheap, man. But like, I, I don't owe you. Do I owe you money that I'm not paying you? Because if I'm not, then I don't. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just sensitive. You wanted to. Oh, yeah. But no, anyway, you told me that in Vegas, but I, I made the joke. I said, you're not cheap. We, you, we were getting expensive cigars. We were getting, you know. But I am it, cheap. I am cheap in that sense. Like, I don't. Well, I'm, you're, you're I'm not conscious. cheap. Just... Yeah. I'm, I'm frugal. Like, I, I don't like. You know, I used you don't to waste like, money. I used to waste money. I, I don't like if I buy like clothing, I'm very pleased with myself. If I'm like four months later wearing it all the time, I'm like, see, that was a good. And if I and I'm if I don't, you know, I'm like, shit, I it was a waste. Right. When you I, buy I, like $80 pants or $120 pants and you're only one, you're like, oh, they look better on the rack type of thing. I know. Yeah. Saying. Like, you know, and then you're like pissed, even, you know, even it's cheap stuff. Um, but, but yeah, my, I, I am frugal and I didn't buy myself anything, <laughs> nothing that you would, have... I have everything, you know, that I really need. And then, um, and you know, the car, we, we lease this like say Leon, like we, I don't give a shit about a nice car. Um, we, you my know, we bought, we bought some property, you know, that was cheap in, in Lisbon. It's going to be expensive to build it. So that's where the money's going to go. There you go. Um, but, um, 
I don't know. I didn't mean to make you like make an uncomfortable question. I asked Jeff the same thing. He had the same similar answers. I said, "Hey, Jeff, is your life changed in any way? Have you bought yourself anything?" Or because I know if you know, like it, it didn't matter if I was making twenty five thousand or one hundred twenty five thousand. I live the same way. Right. Yeah. I live I, the I, same way. I buy food, like you said. I buy expensive food. Yeah, I, you know, and I don't. It's not like I go out to expensive restaurants really very much. But I'll, you know, I'll go to the butcher and I'll get like a good cut. I feel like, but I feel like that's an investment though. Like so, you know. If you if you buy Bitcoin, right, like you spend money on that, I don't feel like that's buying something. That's like investing. It's taking your money and storing it. And I feel the same way with like, you know, grass fed meat or some shrimp or oysters. I feel like I'm investing in my health, right, which is the most important thing. So if I'm going to the butcher, the good butcher and getting the grass fed stuff and spending up for it, that's an investment. You know, That's so what my not. wife tells her clients. She says that you know when when she tells them the list of things that she would like them to eat, they say, "Well, that's so expensive." She say, "You pay now or you pay later. It doesn't right. matter. You yeah. pay in, in the at the doctor later if you don't do it now." Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, I see that. I see it the same way, and and so I don't. But like, what are you going to buy? Like, I have a guitar. I have a nice guitar. I have a Gibson Les Paul when I was a kid. So I play. I was like, I go to a guitar shop. I'll see one. I'm like, ooh, I could buy some cool. But like. What do I, I don't need a second or third guitar. Like I don't. Right. I have a acoustic and electric. Like what else am I gonna have? But my car is a like, wa- I don't know. Are you a guy that buys like an expensive watch, or you? I don't you know, wear a watch. Neither you know? do I. Yeah. Neither do I. Okay, right. now we have cell phones, so we know what time it is. What What else? What you know? I have an iPhone eight from two thousand eighteen. You know, like <laughs> well, what do I want? I want the new iPhone. Like what the fuck is that going to do for me? What, what would I buy? What would I let's, let's I mean, let's just talk about it because maybe I will buy something. What's most your, people I? buy things not even for them, but for what other people will think when not you. I'm saying most people. What, what buy- can I do that would make people more impressive than me? Let's see. Um, I guess uh, uh, overly expensive shoes, jewelry, so uh, shoes. obviously a, a, a car, you know, uh, maybe right, so car. I mean, uh, cars, I, I would have to be so rich. Like I would have to be like. You know, at least have like a hundred, fifty mil to a hundred mil. What would be so the car buy, that you'd buy? What would be the car? I mean, I might not even buy. You know, but I'm saying like it, I'd have to look. You know, I'd have to like I might buy like one of those nice Mercedes sedans or, or Bentley or something. I don't know. I probably wouldn't actually. I got one for you. I yeah. got one. This is where you should put your put any excess money you have. Uh, next time you feel like just you know being frivolous with fifty grand, right? Build yourself a professional podcast studio. I would do that now, though. I would do that right. now. I, I, do, do, does it really cost fifty grand? I thought. Like, I mean, I'm talking about grand. it. Yeah, well, I'm, you, yes, five grand. But I'm talking about get the camera, get someone to come in and do a design, and and do the perfect sound quality on the walls. Lighting, I mean, lighting. So you just lighting, the switch, and you're not like constantly. Like, it could be doing... seventeen grand. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, the camera and all that stuff, and the well, you already. I have tried the to mic. do that for Rotowire. We've set it, something up in 2012, and and Pete was like, "Hey." There's money in this. We we should do this. And I was like, I'll deal with it. And I and I did hire a guy for twenty grand. We paid Rotowire, and the guy totally fucking ripped me off. It happened he, uh, again. They they try to to redo <laughs> the studio and wrote, and now they're shutting it down. They just the tried to like like the system he set up was so wonky and so shit. Now, by the way, in 2012 is a lot harder than it is now. Right. But like it was like he was like, no no no, I can turnkey this shit for you. You just go, and it was the farthest thing from that. And we had to pay this other guy, and it was like. It was like right. such a ripoff, and I'm 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 like a little bit traumatized by that. Like I don't trust any of these fucks, but I don't want to. I, I want to hire you, Alan. You know how to do it. Yeah, but fly you out to like, Portugal, first yeah, class. Set up, but, uh, set up my studio at. But this is what you do. Like for the fifty grand, you're getting the Saquon Barkley original uh, jersey signed by him in the background, and you're getting yeah. you know. I don't care all, about that. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just want. I, I would love to have you turn the light on. The lighting's perfect. You turn the camera on. It, it's perfect. You know, the sound is perfect. You just turn the mic. It's just like psh, psh, flip a switch, podcast, hit stop, 
up, you know, I already know how to upload. You set me up pretty well with the mic and all that shit, you know. So yeah, I'm not, yeah. you know, the podcast sounds good, but but um, yeah, I would I would definitely invest in it. But that's an investment too, you know. That's like an investment in your work, you know. So, but it's also like I said, you could do. I, I think that that that's the next time you you get you have to bring someone in to really make your office like a you know with you know you, this, I don't have it set up now, but you see normally I have the neon lights or whatever right, your style right, is, right. something that's well lit with different colors, memorabilia yeah. in the back or whatever you know is you know your Gibson guitar. Maybe you have a rack of Gibson guitars in the back or <laughs> you know what I'm saying like I'm not that good a guitar. I just like to play i just have one from when i was a kid i uh i pointed I out to my wife the other day that the opening for a chrysalis podcast is your riff it's me yeah that's me yeah so you you are good at guitar no i mean i can play guitar but i'm not like you know mr guitar like if i was like here i'm the guitar right wizard guitar. you know if i had a bunch of guitars they'd be like oh what is he like some i'm like no i'm just the guy who jams with <laughs> friends now and then you know um so i don't know what it would be but yeah i hear you you know like i to do it right it's not the background so much it's just the quality and making it super easy Right. You know, well, the uh, the setup that we you know we did for you with the Streamyard with the one click and the upload. I mean, no, the battery did me half of it, but yeah, and, and the cost is you know that was twenty five bucks a month, and the mic was five hundred bucks, and Roadwire paid for it at the time because I was still with them. So beautiful, you slipped know. in under yeah, I, just under the gun. Yeah, I got it t- stealing a stapler on the way out. You <laughs> exactly. know, <laughs> exactly. Um, so. Hey, kicker defense before we go because the NFFC that is important. Is there any uh, must have defense this year? No, but I, I took the the commanders. What is what's the name of the team? The football team defense. No, they're, they're uh, the commanders now, but they might change it again. It's just dumb. Okay, like like yeah. that's it. That's a stupid franchise. Okay. Well, there's a new owner now. Yeah, that's but, why. You... W- but but whatever the the football team. Um, I took them why them why because they play the Cardinals week one, and then I took the Giants as my second defense because they play the Cardinals week two, and you know like. Once or two weeks in the season, the whole defense, you know, who's a good defense, that's like we're reshuffling the deck completely. And so um, give me matchups I'm happy to have for the first two weeks. I, honestly, like if I don't get like the top few defenses, then I don't do it unless there's one that I think is really Who good. Who are the top defenses? This I year? don't know. I, is it you Dallas? Know? Is it, you know, is it the Eagles? Is it, the Bull? I don't even know. Like the, in those leagues, I'm just, you know, where I've done a lot of best ball. I just stack three defenses and just hope it works out. Well, well I just, yeah, well, it's best ball. But, I, you know, I just look at week one and week no. two. Like who, who's, you know, the right. Cardinals, who's the quarterback for the Cardinals? So obviously Kyler Murray is going to be out for most of the season, if not all. Then Colt McCoy's hurt too. So they did draft a rookie named Clayton Toon in the fourth round, who was a decent college quarterback. And they said that they're going to give him a chance to compete for the starting job. That's who I want my defense going against. Clayton Toon. Yeah. If not, they have David Blau from last year. That, yeah. That's so, who I want my defense going against. So that's why I have the Giants. The Giants, you know, Thibodeau and some of these young guys, they just dropped a corner. I mean, this is like – you know, and they're an aggressive blitzing defense, right? That's their, their that's their uh, brand of defense to send people. And so you send them against like a, you know, a quarterback that's a bit shell shocked. Um, so yeah, I have them yep. going week two. And All then, right. So uh, commanders, that's a good piece of actionable takeaway. I like that because I, you know, in my draft coming up, I, I want to make sure I, I do the same thing. I want someone for week one and week two and any sizzling kicker takes, is it still take Justin Tucker ahead of ADP? Yeah, Tucker or Bust, I don't really see anyone else. I mean, obviously, like, you know, good teams, but there's always that kicker that sort of surprises. I actually think uh, the Giants, you know, Gano has been a good kicker, and they may score a lot of points. It's not a great environment to kick in, though. Yeah. Um, so In September it is. Yeah, September it's fine. Um, and then um, – but I haven't looked at the schedule. But, you know, just – there'll be somebody. Um, so are you reaching up ahead of – like, what's the round if you want Tucker? I, I, I – 
shouldn't have taken Russell Wilson. I, it cost me Tucker in like round 14 because I took Wilson in 13. I think I, I was going to take Tucker in 14. He's gone. I think 13, 14 is where you, you take maybe 13. Yeah, I, I like that you took Wilson because Wilson seemed – I mean, he the last two weeks – Russell Wilson, last two weeks after they got rid of Nathaniel Hackett, he was QB2. Right, and I mean, Russell Wilson was like inner circle Hall of Fame for like seven years. Yeah, now you want and, Wilson. And then he got hurt, and then he went to Denver, got the contract, and had a horrible year in a dysfunctional offense. And everyone – it was so weird. You know, everyone's like, oh, Russell Wilson's the worst guy. He's such an asshole. He's so full of it. And then he has that like – that video where he calls himself Mr. Unlimited. I don't know if you've seen that video. <laughs> and it's like goofy. It's ridiculous. But like who cares? Like that's not right. – you know, and, and the other thing is like Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, like even Brady, they're kooks. They're weird guys. Who cares? Right. Who gives a shit? You want a normal guy or you want your guy to be normal? Why? Antonio Brown was great for a half a decade. He was far from uh, quote, well, all normal. the receivers are crazy. Marvin Harrison, yeah. like, you know, like all these guys. Yeah. Know, Andre Risen. So. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. Hey, last thing. Are we going to do are we going to do an appointment podcast for Survivor? Do you want to commit to that now or think about it? Because we're going to put an entry in. Yeah, we're gonna. Oh, maybe can I get you to do my entry through the proxy, or I'll get Ted Bell or one of you. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not a good person to do it through the proxy, but I was talking about that league that I that I did. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll do that for sure. Absolutely. Right, but what I'm saying is, if you want to, com- you know, think about it. No, I'll gonna, do one every week with you. Yeah. A 15 minute, just hey, these are my pick. People like, yeah. yeah, like people love reading your uh, survivor analysis, but some people just don't like reading. They like listening. I'm one yeah. of them. You know? I'm the so. opposite. I only like reading. If I, it's like, oh, it's a podcast. I don't want to just tell me what it says. Let me show me, show me the synopsis text wise of what it says. But yeah, I'll do one. I'm happy to do one. I, I'm, I'm going to do the big money one too. You know. All right. But, uh, yeah. Let Ted, let Ted Bell will take care of your proxy yeah. uh, entry. Let's do it, gets, man. Yeah. But, I, mean, um, I feel like we're already going to win that big-ass Survivor. We're going to do the $100. How did we lose? How did we lose? Uh, uh, it was, you know, we lost. It was week eight. I mean, we were, it was chalked the whole way. So we oh, didn't. The Patriots lost to the, uh, to you the remember? Bears. To the Bears. The Patriots lost to the Bears. That was it. All Justin, your fault. Justin Fields went bananas. That's yeah, all your fault. Definitely yeah, I, your fault. I, I know. I did. It was my fault. Yep. Um, all right. I think that, uh, that's a podcast. Right. Good right, stuff. All right. Uh, take it easy, Alan. Thanks, man.